At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Scott Sandberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. As we continue our super week coverage, I'm joined now by our very own Wes Reynolds, who you see and listen to all over the network, whether it's betting across America, the green zone, and of course, long shots, as we will get to some golf picks coming up in a couple of minutes as well. But Wes, let's start with the Super Bowl, and we'll start with the props. Uh, have you already settled in? on the props that you will be betting for Sunday's game. Yeah, I've already bet several, Scott, and thanks for having me on the show. Uh, And I'm going to probably bet a couple more throughout the weekend, but probably on the weekend is where I maybe take some shots with those creative props where you get like those cross-sport props where it's like final round score at the Phoenix (laughs) Open for a certain player against second-half point totals for like the Milwaukee Bucks or something like that. So I usually play a couple fun ones just as lottery tickets. But, yeah, I've already played a few here and just kind of – gauging how I think the game is going to play out. And one thing that I did, I did play both quarterbacks in terms of under their rushing yards. I think people expect that Joe Burrow maybe is going to run a little bit more because of that Rams pass rush, because it's the number one pass rush rate in all the NFL and the Bengals, of course, number 30 in pass block. So you got to think, okay, he's going to be rushed out of the pocket. And I know Joe Burrow can run and can scramble, but I don't think Zach Taylor and those guys want him doing that that much. So I tied in a little bit playing those unders on uh, Joe Burrow rushing yards, which I think I got at 12 and a half. I think there's still some 11 and a half. Might be a couple 12 and a halves out there if you shop around. But I think the beneficiary of this is going to be Joe Mixon from a receiving standpoint. And I like him over 25 and a half receiving yards because I think – Burrow's got to have a safety valve, number one. And number two, you got to make the Rams defense, especially that front seven, their speed kind of work against them. So you got to hit them with the screen game. Now, it was Pirine that got the big touchdown, of course, that got the Bengals right back in the game against Kansas City in the AFC Championship game. But I think Mixon's going to get his fair share where you're going to get little dump offs where Burrow's got to avoid pressure and you're going to get little four and five and six yard gains here and there. And those eventually add up if he gets enough targets. So those are ones I played. I also played uh, Mixon in terms of the first rushing attempt he has 
under three and a half yards at minus a dollar twenty because I don't know how much, Scott, that the Bengals are going to change their stripe offensively because I think what we've kind of observed throughout the season and what we've observed in terms of the playoffs is sometimes the Bengals have a tendency to, like, waste downs mm. where they run maybe a little too much on first down. It's like you don't want to say never run on first down, but they do it a little bit too much, and I think maybe – Early on, kind of settling in, it'll be telegraphed and running against, obviously, Aaron Donald and Von Miller and the entire Rams defensive line. I could see a very short gain on that first Joe Mixon carry. Uh, I love the Mixon over receiving. Uh, I'm going to go Pirine over eight and a half receiving yards as well. And I might do over, what is it, maybe two and a half catches or one and a half catches for Pirine. Because I do think that he's going to be more involved in this game, in the receiving game. Because I like everything that you're saying, and P. Ryan's at over one and a half catches. He's definitely getting two catches in this game, and I'm going to go with that to over eight and a half yards with him uh, because I do think there will be some screen passes out of the backfield. I think they'll try and utilize both players in this game. And, yeah, that 41-yard touchdown was impressive, and I think they're going to want to feed him the football here in this game. Yeah, no question about it. I think what you're going to see with the Bengals, too, is, look, they'll try to get a big play if they can, but I think that they're going to try to nickel-dime this Rams defense a little bit. And, you know, even a good defense is going to get tired. So you want to keep them on the field. You want long drives, and, you know, you want to get these guys a little bit exhausted, especially when you get in the fourth quarter. That's when that pass rush gets the most exhausted. Now the offensive line also gets exhausted on the other side, so that's why I think that they're going to need some quick hitters to like a P. Ryan, like a Joe Mixon. Take little four- and five-yard gains and just move the chains. Where are you on the total for this game? Lean to the under a little bit. I did play one prop that kind of is not necessarily a total prop, but it is a scoring prop. And I play it pretty much every Super Bowl, and I've cashed more often than not on it, is the no score either in the first 530 or 630, depending on your shop. Obviously, 630 is going to be heavier big. Uh, you know, because of more time. So you're going to pay maybe a little less big on the no, but I like to play the no on that scoring because I often think this is a little bit of a feeling out process. It's like a title fight in the first round. You're not seeing, you know, everybody go in with reckless abandon or hellfire and brimstone, whatever metaphor you want to use. So I think that, you know, you could see no score in like the first half of the first quarter, and then eventually you get some points on the board. So I do lean a little bit with the under. I have not yet bet it, but I would maybe be more inclined to be on the first half under than the full game under. Yeah, I'm going to be on more points in the second half than the first half. Right. Uh, That's a bet that I will actually be playing as well. As far as um, novelty props, I'm going to be on, yes, there will be a successful two-point conversion. Do you think we get one in this game? Yeah, I think absolutely. We're seeing we're seeing more two-point conversions attempted uh, uh, now because, look, the extra points have been moved back. And I know everybody kind of says, oh, it's a gimme extra point. Well, not really. It's basically like a 35-yard field goal. So we see extra points missed every single week, Scott. When I was on with Dave Ross doing the green zone every week on NFL Sunday for seven hours, it seemed like every Sunday we, you know, we set a number. It's like, eh, let's say four and a half. And there'd be times there'd be five, six, seven missed extra points. So, yeah, I could see like a successful two. And then one of the novelty props I kind of did play was 
Rams to take the first time out, and I did it at minus 115. I don't think the VIG has moved all that much, but if you look at kind of the pattern of the Rams this year, in the last nine games, the Rams have taken the first time out of the game, and we know that Sean McVay is pretty liberal with using his timeouts. I mean, he doesn't exactly hoard them like gold. And we saw that almost bite him in the you-know-what in the NFC Championship game against the 49ers. So, you know, if McVay doesn't like something, he'll immediately take a timeout. And, you know, he won't let them run the play. And, you know, he'll just try to do the reset button. So I took that for the first time out. And then there's a couple I always play. I usually play yes on the special team or defensive touchdown, and it usually doesn't win for me, to be quite honest with you. But they put such a decent number out there. It's almost like, yeah, the year I don't play it, then you're going to get like a punt return or you're going to get a pick six (laughs) or something like that. So those are some novelty ones. I don't really play the safety. I know a lot of the casual bettors love to play that bet a little, win a lot. And, you know, it's usually – you know, seven to one or somewhere around that, depending on your store. So everybody likes to play that because everybody remembers that Denver Seattle game Mm -hmm. where the first play of the game with Peyton Manning and they looked discombobulated and it was a safety on the first play of the game. But that's usually a very rare occurrence. Uh, What about the no touchback on the opening kickoff? Are you riding the wave with everyone else? Uh, I have not played that as of yet. It certainly makes sense. I certainly don't disagree with it necessarily because I think teams are kind of figuring out, you know, if we got the guys to go down and cover, then you know what? Let's let them do that. And, and you know, if they start at the 22, it's like, okay, that's fine. You know, they don't start at the 20. We're only losing a couple yards. So I think they give their guys a chance to cover the kickoff. Yeah, 26 of the last 28 Super Bowls, it has not been a touchback. And because everyone's talking about it this week and jumping on it here at Circa, it went from plus 140 to minus 115 on the no. So how about that, Wes? Uh, While I have you here, we have to talk golf. Good hit last week with Tom Hoagie. Congratulations on the cash there. Uh, Now, who are we looking to to cash for the Waste Management Phoenix Open, one of the the, the most fun events of the PGA Tour, the early season here, always Super Bowl weekend. We all know about the 16th hole with the crowd, and we remember Tigers uh, hole-in-one. So who are we playing here for uh, the TPC Scottsdale? Yeah, it should be wild being back full capacity this year. Only 5,000 fans last year. It's a hashtag the people's open. So there'll be a big crowd and guys like to play this event. I'm on Justin Thomas at 14 to one. He's probably about 12 to one right now. Two top two third place finishes here in Phoenix. Three top fives last four starts. Of course, he's got bones on the bag. Phil Mickelson's old caddy, so Justin Thomas. Then I had to play the hottest player in the world, even though he only has one appearance here where he missed the cut two years ago. Victor Hovland, 18 to 1. His name popped on every stat category that I examined this week in terms of approach, strokes gain, ball striking, et cetera, et cetera. So Thomas and Hovland, Scotty Scheffler, 28 to 1, was third in the field two weeks ago at the Farmers on approach. He was seventh here last year. He's the best player in the world without a PGA Tour victory. I think it's coming sooner rather than later. And then a trio at 50 to 1. Corey Connors, really good ball striker. Russell Henley, first on strokes gained approach over the last eight weeks. Lost that playoff in Hawaii to Hideki Matsuyama a few weeks ago. Adam Scott, 50 to 1. Another guy that's won at the Players Championship at TPC Sawgrass. There's a strong correlation between that event and the Phoenix Open. 
at least for the last several years. And then my two lawn bombs, Russell Knox, 160 to one. He was third on the field in approach last week, just didn't putt well on the boa. But I think he'll like these Bermuda greens a little bit better. And then Adam Hadwin, 180 to one. He was T16 overall last week in Pebble Beach, but he was second for strokes game T to green, only behind speed to finish runner up in the tournament. Got a really solid record on desert golf courses, two runners up at the American Express in Palm Springs, a runner up at the Safeway Open up in Napa, and he was sixth last fall right here in Las Vegas at the Shriners out at TPC Summerlin. Wes, great information as always. Good luck this weekend. Uh, Good luck with the golf and enjoy the big game on Sunday. You bet, Scott. Thanks for having me. There he is. Wes Reynolds, our very own uh, host of the Green Zone, Betting Across America, and Long Shots, our golf podcast here on the network. Coming up next, we'll be joined by football scout, coach, and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. We'll get his insights on the Super Bowl. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Getting ready to watch the big game? Well, we want to make sure that VSIN is a part of your plans. On Championship Weekend, that's this weekend, we'll have 56 hours of free video coverage on vcin.com leading up to our sixth annual live big game betcast. It's the biggest game of the year. So make plans now to join the VSIN betting experts before, during, and after the action on vcin.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. My thanks to Wes Reynolds, who gave us uh, some good prop information on what he's on for the Super Bowl and also the golf bets for the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Uh, Joining me now, and he usually joins me every single week. I know last week we didn't do it. He was at the Senior Bowl in Mobile. Uh, But Chris Landry is a football scout, coach, and consultant who works with uh, pretty much every NFL team and many major college football programs, runs the website LandryFootball.com. It's a one-stop shop for everything football needs. Chris has spent time uh, on staff with Bill Belichick and Nick Saban with the Cleveland Browns, was in the Tennessee Titans front office, and uh, spent some time at LSU uh, with Nick Saban. And uh, coincidentally, hey, that's where Joe Burrow did win a national championship. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for joining me here on The Look Ahead as we talk about the Super Bowl. And I, I want to talk about both of these teams, okay? Based on your film study, uh, let's go over some strengths and weaknesses. And-, and let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals. From everything that you've broken down on tape, 
What is the biggest strength for this Bengals team? Chris, let's start with the strength and weaknesses of each team that you've noticed from your film study. Uh, We'll start with the Cincinnati Bengals. Based on everything that you've dissected, what's the strength of this team? Uh, Quarterbacks are real strength, particularly under pressure. The receivers really do a good job. I did a piece on Landry football when I was talking, but not not just he and Jamar Chase, but how the receivers do a great job with side adjustments. The offensive line is a real weakness, so they have had to overcome it with getting the ball out quicker. But it's definitely their passing game um, on offense led by the quarterback and the receivers. Their defense can create turnovers. Uh, They have done a really good job. They certainly did a good job stepping up at crucial moments against the Chiefs, four sacks, two interceptions, including the key pick, the the first overtime. That's the the key there is that their defense – has played a little bit uh, over their skis to this one. I mean, they've just played better. This is why this is such a, a fantastic run. It's Joe Burrow's been great, but the defense has gotten them the ball back. So that's forcing turnovers is key, and uh, that's been a key. I, I do think they can run the football a little bit better. They need to be a little bit more patient with it. I thought Mixon ran pretty well against the Chiefs and can spark them a little bit. And uh, so, and then, uh, you know, I think obviously you've got a great field goal kicker in a close game. uh, You know, he's been money. He's been clutch. He's been as clutch as the quarterback's been clutch. I mean, they haven't been uh, perfect, but boy, they have been near perfect when it counts the most. Uh, It's just been, been really good. They seem to be in every game. So when you look at it, you think, man, they are really at a disadvantage here in every game they've played against the chiefs distinct disadvantage. We've talked about it. I've been the guy that's brought it up. I've, the Titans, well, they've got disadvantage. They've been in every game. And if they're in a game, man, they're tough to beat because the field goal kicker, their quarterback, their ability to make clutch plays and put bad plays behind them. So they can play poorly. They may, if the turnovers don't kill them, they can live for another play. It's not like it's going to send them into a spiral. They just have taken their knocks, taken their licks, and kind of played that we're going to get it done when we have to get it done. I would not want to play this team in a close game. I, I just think that they're very, very good and are very, very confident in that situation. You mentioned the offensive line, and I think everyone agrees that that's the weakness of this team. So how do they perform better here uh, in this game? And and how does that offensive line protect the quarterback better? Well, it's a mismatch. It's the biggest mismatch in this game. Their offensive line going up against a Rams defensive line. That's not just not good. It's outstanding elite level. Good. So it's not so much that they're going to play better as you're going to have to play well around them. Like for example, let's take last year's Super Bowl where it was clear that the Bucs defensive line was decidedly better than the Chiefs offensive line that was just banged up. The, the Chiefs tried to hold on to the football, make chunk plays, because that's what they do. Well, what the Bengals are doing very well is just getting the ball out quicker. You know, you can run the football on the Rams to some degree, although the Rams' run defense is improved in the playoffs relative to the regular season. But you can run the football well, and if you do, that you get the ball out quicker then it alleviates some of the pressure so if you can't block them 
then the quarterback has to be his own blocker. He has to get the ball out quicker. So that's what you have to do. Uh, There's nothing you can do to say, well, we're going to change the technique or a blocking scheme to be able to block this front better than we have. They're just going to have to block it more effectively in shorter spurts and get the ball out quicker. It's just as simple as that. That's, That's the workaround. Let's talk about the Rams now, uh, based on everything that you've uh, looked at on film. What's the biggest strength for this team? I think, in a, and this is not meant to be a backhanded compliment, but it maybe will come across that way. They really haven't played their best game, and they haven't played anywhere near their best. So if they put it all together, look out. Um, they really haven't. Um, they, they've... They've kind of gone through the playoffs and they left a lot on the field and, you know, people couldn't take advantage of it. They're still trying to figure out, they're still trying to figure out how to use Odell Beckham. Still trying to figure it out. I mean, and, and it's, you know, it's uh, the defense is turning opposing offenses in a, in, in a, in a one dimensional fashion. They've been, you know, oh, they played better, I think against the run, um, but their pass rush can be elite and pro- troublesome. They haven't really faced a team that's been able to take advantage of quarterback play. Uh, you know, the, 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 the Bucks were not able to do it. It's, you know, and look, their, their pass rush is really, really good. And, you know, if they can get to Joe Burrow, I don't think Joe Burrow can get sacked nine times and survive this game. You know, so I, I just think that's what they do well. And then I think they've got some experience, I think. I put a piece on LandryFootball.com about Sean McVay's game plan against New England and how I think he might have learned from it. I just, I just think that the Rams have matchup advantages. But when I watch them, I don't see them hitting on all cylinders. And yet they're in the Super Bowl, which is a little bit scary because if they put it together, this could be a decisive win for the Rams. But something tells me that this Rams team is still flawed and have done just enough select the Bengals to get there. I mean, Scott, this is the first time a top three seed from either the AFC or NFC is not made the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just, it's just, this is, this is two teams that you just say, Hmm, wow, really? You know, and yet you watch it. And when I watch the tape, I look at the Rams and say, how the heck do they win this? Cause they really were not all that impressive. So again, they're work around some of those key issues, but they've been able to make some plays and look, I think they're, they're vulnerable to turn the football over. Turn the football over here, and the Bengals can make you pay. Look, it's it's going to be a real interesting matchup. There's no question about it because these are two teams deserving to be here every bit, but they're flawed maybe even more so than most Super Bowl teams. And that's what's kind of interesting. It's kind of like watching that, you know, interesting little, you know, Sunday noon game, you know, during the regular season week 12. And it's like an interesting game. Both teams are, you know, pretty good, but not re- That's what it looks like. Except these teams have gotten hot at the end. They've played well. They've earned where they've gotten. And they're going to play for everything in the Super Bowl. And it's kind of like, yeah, two teams that, hmm, I can't quite figure out. Certainly not the two teams I would have picked at any point during the season. Not at the beginning of the season. Not at the middle of the season, not at the start of the playoffs, quite frankly. And and quite frankly, not even at the start of the, you know, going into the championship game. So I, I think it's 
uh, it's been an interesting, interesting watch, and I'm, I'm excited to watch see how it plays out. Well, let's talk about how the game's going to play out. I want to bring up some prop bets as well and maybe some uh, ideas on who you think has a good chance to be the MVP. Do me a favor, Chris. Hang on. We'll get to that coming up next, okay? You bet. He's Chris Landry. The website is LandryFootball.com. You can also follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball for the latest breaking news and analysis when it comes to the sport of football. Chris does a tremendous job, and I can't wait to talk about the NFL draft coming up as well so we can make a lot of money when it comes uh, time for that. But first, hey, we got to get to the Super Bowl first, all right? Let's get through this NFL season. Once again, I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. All great information is available for you for free. Our big game betting guide, go to vcin.com. Make sure you get your hands on a copy of that, as well as this week's edition of Point Spread Weekly. You definitely don't want to miss all the insights in there. You can follow us all on the network at VSIN Live. More with Chris Landry coming up next. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. You know that VEASAN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game, and right now you can sign up and get our free big game betting guide. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit VEASAN.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. Scott Sattenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VEASAN, rejoined now by football scout, coach, and administrator Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. And Chris, let's dive into the Super Bowl props. And one that I played at some plus money value is will there be a successful two-point conversion? Now, I like this for a variety of reasons. I think that analytics could come into play, whatever. But in your opinion, do we get a two-point conversion in this game? My guess, and it's a guess, would be yes, because I think the style of play, I think there'll be quite a bit of points in the game. I think there may be um, somebody having to play a little catch-up and might want to do that, maybe even take a chance on a two-point. you got to start with at least trying for one. Uh, Yeah, I think there's more of a chance in a generic sense. But, you know, that's difficult because, to me, it's – Look, I mean, if the Chargers were playing in it, I can guarantee you that they, <laughs> they, 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 they'd, be, they'd be trying five of them. I mean, you know, but, but I mean, this is a case where I think that um, it's more likely to happen now, but it's all situational. I mean, if it's, if it's a closer type of game, then um, you may not even have a – we may not even have an attempt at a two-point in this game. It just, just depends on the flow of the well, game, of part, course. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going to guess yes. Part of my philosophy is that I do think that there will be field goals in this game. And so I think there could be a scenario where we have a 14 to 6 type of score where a team might want to go for the two after they score a touchdown and tie the game and make it 14-14. Or we get to the point maybe at the end of the game and you see a team doing the whole go for two down 14 situation, uh, which has been the new analytical wave in the NFL. So I do think game script has a lot to do with it. And yeah, just going for the plus money feel on the uh, analytics as well. Um, you mentioned you think there'll be points in this game. So do you like the over 48 and a half? 
I do, and I'm going to tell you what I like better than anything in this game. I've looked at it. You've got me looking at it from such a a gambling point of view. Mm. You, 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 Scott. You, the second half has outscored uh, the first half in nine of the last 15 Super Bowls. Uh, look at that. Really, if you're that in into that in-game betting stuff, folks, that's that's where I really like it. Um, you know, underdogs. Um, I mean, I think since 2001, the underdogs. Um, of at least three points uh, or 12 and three against the spread nine and six straight up in the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, I, I just see a, a lot here that I like um, again, points, potential points in the second half. Um, I think the Rams are the better team. If it plays out strength versus strength, close game, like the Bengals. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of things to like that not are just trendy, but just jumps out at me on film. And, I think it shapes up for a really good game. I think it's a close game, and either team could win, obviously, in a close game. If it's a decisive win, it's the Rams, because I think the Rams have the type of team that could certainly with create some turnovers with their pass rush. And I, I don't see a, a Matthew Stafford turning it over, but but that is a little bit of a factor, too. It's it, Will the Rams turn it over a bunch and then, then Cincinnati benefit? I, I think it's a pretty close game, uh, Scott. I really do. All right, so if you had to pick, because uh, we know the quarterbacks are the most popular MVPs, 31 Super Bowls have gone to the quarterback as the MVP. Uh, if it was a non-quarterback in this game, who do you think has a chance to put up the type of numbers and have the, the votes to be the most valuable player? I think that, um, you know, in fact, it's a really good point. So, uh, you know, who who could be the guy that could be the, the key guy? I think, you know, there's some guys that I think are key. But it's it's a receiver, so it's it's a Tyler Boyd. I, I would probably say Uzoma, but I would back off a little bit. Although it looks like he's going to play with the injury, but it's going to be if it it would be somebody like that would step up. Now it certainly could be Jamar Chase. I mean, Jamar Chase could go off and catch a bunch of balls. Um, it, you know, it could be um, you know a, a somebody. You know, I, I don't think it'll be like an Odell Beck. Could it be like a Kendall Blanton? You know, I mean, if we're looking for the guy that's a little bit off the radar, it's those type of guys. You know it's going to be a back that has a big day running or catching or a receiver. That, that's all it is. Uh, unless you have somebody have three picks in a game, uh, you're just not going to really see a defensive guy get it. And you're never going to see an offensive lineman. And I think Andrew Whitworth is going to be pivotal in this game. But no line of scrimmage player is going to get it unless it's, you know, uh, somebody like an Aaron Donald who gets a bunch of sacks. So well, do you think, would, do you think a guy like Aaron Donald, like, so I'm going to place, a, I'm going to place a small bet on Aaron Donald, but I'm also going to place one on Leonard Floyd uh, because Leonard Floyd's like 150 to one to win the MVP. And, and my theory is, you know, everyone talks about Aaron Donald and Von Miller, but Leonard Floyd could put up the same type of numbers that those guys can in this game. Yeah, because people are sliding protections to Aaron. You've got to double up and chip on on Donald, and you you certainly can't do anything but do that against Miller. And it does, uh, you know, put Floyd in a position where he can make the play. So I, there's no question that you could have him. But you know, he may be the best player in the game, but unless he's putting an inordinate amount of sacks or getting a couple of picks. Um, well, a strip you know, sack, fumble, scoop yeah, and score. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, maybe maybe in a game where he plays well and then he has that elite big play. Yeah, but it's usually it's usually going to be somebody 
that's it's going to be a Van Jefferson. Um, I mean, it's easy to say Cooper Cup or yeah, Jamar Chase, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's you know it's it's okay. It's going to be a Van Jefferson. It's it's going to be a, a Kendall Blanton who has a great game at tight end catch a you know three touchdown passes or something. It's um, you know somebody like a Tyler Boyd who's so versatile in what they do may make big plays opposite, you know, Jamar Chase. It's guys like that that's usually, you know, maybe it's one of the backs. Maybe it's Mixon. Maybe it's one of the Rams backs. It's somebody like that that maybe can score a bunch of touchdowns or that may, you know, kind of flip it in the direction. But I still would say that if it's going to be the case, um, I know we we went down this path, this rabbit hole, but to me, I will say this, not the question, but if it's close, and the quarterback that I would trust the most in this game to do it, believe it or not, is Joe Burrow. I wow. like Stafford. I believe Stafford has proven that he is very good and very deserving. But that Joe Burrow has got he could he could have three interceptions in this game, and if the defense gets some stops and this game is close down the stretch, you put the ball in Joe Burrow's hands. I mean, I'm telling you, he has that it factor that. You know, just watching the game over and over again, just the the way he's able to unearth plays that really there wasn't a whole lot there. He's just got a a confidence uh, about him when it's the most pressure that uh, it is nothing against Matthew Stafford. I just think Joe Burrow is in this position. Uh, and think about this. Who is in sports has had a better three years than Joe Burrow? I mean, he wins the SEC championship um, at LSU, he wins the national championship at LSU in what is maybe the greatest single season of offensive football in the history. Wins the Heisman Trophy, gets drafted number one overall. The only bad thing that's happened to him is he had an injury in his rookie year to the knee, which is severe. And if that injury doesn't take place, there's no way. And he plays that year because he doesn't have the injury. There's no way, and they're, they're in a position to draft Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. Funny how things work. And that was an awful situation to deal with a knee injury. But think about what he has done. You just look at this team and you watch this team play. They just don't look like they belong, except they just find a way to win. And it really is about Joe Burrow and how he leads. Because all the good components around him, the leadership qualities are at a level that we only usually reserved for the Brady's and the Mannings and the Montana's this guy has I don't want to put him in that category of a career yet but he has that type of he eludes that type of feeling within that organization and within that team that's that's kind of hard to quantify and that's why I think if it's close man I, I wouldn't want to have to and they got the ball man I wouldn't want to stop it Wow. Well, Chris, I appreciate the time breaking everything down all season long. Enjoy the game on Sunday, and we'll talk to you next time to wrap everything up. Hey, sounds good, Scott. Appreciate you having me. Don't forget, you can follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball, and the website is LandryFootball.com. It is a one-stop shop when it comes to everything both college and pro football. And Chris will join us even after the season ends because uh, he does a lot of work when it comes to evaluations for the draft. Chris used to actually run the NFL scouting combine when it first started. So he's got a ton of experience when it comes to these draft prospects. So he will be a big help come draft season for us here 
on the program. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's On Air, S-C-O-T-T-S. O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we're going to get into the NBA action for Thursday, the hockey action as well. Maybe an Olympic hockey sweat for an early morning play. Something that you could uh, wake up, have your breakfast, and uh, cash a nice ticket. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Join our own Stormy Buonantoni on Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. for the big game betting and beers event at the South Point Casino here in Las Vegas. Stormy's going to be joined by our guys in the desert, Chris Andrews, Jimmy Vaccaro, Vinny Maiulo, for a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game, plus stories from behind the book about all the action these legends have seen over the years. The event is free for everyone over 21, so stop by the South Point on Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. to get free samples of Bookmaker Blondell, specials on Budweiser, purchase signed copies of Chris Andrews' books, and learn from these bookmaking experts. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At 8 10 a.m. Eastern Time, we will have Olympic hockey action. The men's tournament is underway, and uh, we will have Team USA featuring a ton of young players, some with NHL experience, a lot of college kids. Uh, will be going up against Team China. And USA is minus two and a half goals in this game. The total is at six. The money line is USA minus 900. The U.S. should not lose this game. And if they do, it's it would be an utter embarrassment. They should win and win rather convincingly. This Chinese team, granted, has an advantage in one aspect. They've played together. The Chinese team that is playing in this Olympics is actually a team, a Chinese team that plays in the KHL. Uh, China has spent a lot of money building up hockey in their country. They have recruited international players to represent their country. In fact, 17 of the 25 players on this roster either are from or were born in North America. 
and one of their players is a Russian. So 18 of 25 are non-Chinese players. Yet the IIHF grants the ability to represent a country if you live there for two years and play for their national team. And uh, COVID got in the way, so this team actually has been staying in Russia to play in the KHL. So this is the KHL team, uh, Kunlun Red Star. And this will represent China in the Olympics in Beijing. This team in the KHL is the worst team in the league. They have the worst record in the league. They have been outscored by 97 goals in the first half of the season or the first bit of the season before the stoppage here for the Olympics. Uh, It is, um, man, it's a, a case where this team is not going to be good and the goal is not even to win. It's just to be respectable. So I think USA wins this game 6 nothing, 7-1. to one. I don't think it's going to be a 10 nothing route. I don't think anything like that. We've seen low-scoring games here in the Olympics so far, but I think that this is one game where it's just a mismatch. The talent's going to win out, and it's going to be a game where the U.S. does win, and they do score five goals of their own. So I think USA, at the very least, scores five. I think it could be a 5-1 game, 6-1 game, something like that is what we're going to see, 8, 10 a.m. Eastern time. USA, China, USA is minus two and a half goals. Uh, Speaking of hockey, let's take a look at the NHL action here on Thursday. You have the Blue Jackets at the Sabres, Buffalo minus 110 at home. Hurricanes are at the Bruins, and if don't see a line on that game, okay, the Bruins minus 115. Uh, we have the Penguins at the Senators. Pittsburgh, minus 210, which means they qualify for our heavy road favorite trend. Heavy road favorites this year in the NHL of minus 200 or greater are 40 and 8 straight up this season. The Penguins do qualify, minus 210 at the Senators. Also qualifying, the Washington Capitals, minus 220 at the Montreal Canadiens. The Canadians are very bad. Very bad. Devils are at the Blues. St. Louis is minus 280. Toronto is in Calgary. Calgary's playing really well. Uh, Toronto minus 120. And then Colorado hosts the Lightning in what could be a Stanley Cup preview. And Colorado is minus 120 in that game. On your NBA schedule, as the favorites continue to dominate in the NBA, going back to Saturday, over the past five days, NBA favorites are 31-4 straight up, 29-5-1 against the spread after going 4-2 here on Wednesday. So here's your schedule for Thursday. The Memphis Grizzlies are heavy road favorites in Detroit laying 10 points. The Wizards, two-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Nets. The Miami Heat, four-and-a-half-point road favorites in New Orleans. The Raptors are laying seven on the road in Houston. Dallas is a seven-point favorite at home against the Clippers. 
The Warriors, a nine-point favorite at home against the Knicks. And the game of the night, the NBA Finals rematch. The Phoenix Suns, three-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the Milwaukee Bucks. This one's going to be fun. And as much as I really want to take the Bucks plus the points, because Milwaukee's been playing pretty good lately, I got to think that the Suns come out here with really a lot of energy, feed off that crowd, and just really play up this revenge angle. It's it's tough. I might just stay away from this game because I really do love the Bucs. Uh, you know, the Bucs are playing really well. They've covered four straight games. They just blew out the Lakers. You know, the Lakers stink, by the way. Um, but this is going to be an interesting day in the NBA because it's the trade deadline. And so let's be careful about placing wagers early. And yes, maybe you get ahead of some line movement. Maybe you don't. But what if there could be a scenario where a trade goes down and one of these teams loses a tremendous amount of value or somebody else gains a tremendous amount of value because another team is done? Like, let's say, I don't know, what if James Harden gets traded? And then the Nets really don't have anybody in this game up against the Wizards. But then again, they played a couple of games without Harden. They still lost. And Harden hasn't done anything on the floor. This Nets team is just broken. And maybe the trade of Harden maybe has a negative effect on the team. Or maybe it has a positive effect on the team. But I think you got to wait till you get close to tip-off before you wind up placing a wager on one of these NBA games. Just because I do think that we're going to see some movement here at the deadline. We're going to see some movement and just wait until we find out who is going where and which teams are bolstering their rosters for this stretch run of the season. I will also, hopefully, tomorrow be placing a future bet on the Miami Heat to win the Eastern Conference at plus 500. I am holding on to my Matt LaFleur Coach of the Year ticket. Tomorrow night is the NFL Honors Award Show. Uh, or tonight, Thursday night, the NFL Honors Award Show. And we will find out who wins the awards for MVP, for defensive player, rookie, all that stuff, comeback player, and yeah, Coach of the Year. And I am sitting on a Matt LaFleur plus 1,000 ticket, hoping that I cash it here on Thursday night, and then I will take that money, bet on the Super Bowl, but also Miami Heat to win the Eastern Conference will be my next future at plus 500. Coming up this morning on Follow the Money at 7.45 a.m. Eastern Time, Nigel uh, Seeley, a soccer handicapper. At 9 a.m., Jay Gruden, former NFL head coach, offensive guru, if you will, John Gruden's bro. And then uh, Nate Tice from The Athletic will join the program at 9.45 a.m. Eastern Time. That's all coming up this morning on Follow the Money. You can follow me, Scott Seidenberg, on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. You know, Super Week continues. There's plenty to break down as far as uh, the way to attack the Bengals 
and the Rams. But we can't ignore everything else. So many opportunities to make some money this week. Build up the bankroll so that we can just have a nice, diverse portfolio come Super Bowl Sunday. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.